number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. That's the founder also of Blackman Rackwitz Public Relations, and I have two guests today to talk about Business 2.0. We're going to find out what that is, what social networking is, and how it applies to business, and I'm very excited to have my two guests, and I welcome Mark Levin and Renee. Renee, say your last name. Barrett. Barrett, I didn't want to say it wrong because, guys, I had your friend Tracy Quiker on, and I called her Tracy Quicker, so I got a little paranoid about getting the names right this time. How are you both? I'm fantastic, Cindy. It's a pleasure being here with you. It's a pleasure having you both. Did you both see the article in the Wall Street Journal on Monday in the Personal Journal? There was a whole section on Business 2.0. Well, I guess our timing is appropriate then. It's uh, If the Wall Street Journal called it for an end-of-year special section, you bet it is. And I'm very excited to have you both. Um, I talked to you both individually, told you that I've been really excited about transitioning from the old way I did business to the new way that I did business, and you're going to tell all of our listeners all about that today. So the first question I'm going to put out to both of you, and, um, you know, You know, there's a lot of questions all over the map, and you suggested a couple of them, so I'm going to just throw them out there and have discussions about them. What is the coming wave in Internet marketing technology? Let's start with that. And, Mark, you can answer that. Okay. Well, uh, it's a good thing I got my crystal ball out this morning, and it's working, so we're in in luck. Uh, I think that mobile advertising is the next next big wave. Text and search uh, is moving towards the, the telephone. It's, there's an there's a interesting statistic that I noticed recently, and that is in China, more people access the Internet with their mobile device than they do with their desktop, and that the U.S. is actually way behind mm-hmm. in that regard. And uh, 90% of Google's pay-per-click ad inventory is unsold, so it's a, it's a bargain in terms of uh, strategies that we're using with our clients and trying to get their websites found. In terms of ad inventory, Google specifically for mobile is a bargain? Yes. Okay, so they have a special ad rate for mobile advertising. Yeah, it's a, it's a supply and demand system. Okay. So uh, most people are not using mobile to get found using pay-per-click advertising, so the cost per click is significantly less in that in that uh, channel than it is in the uh, more commonly used channel when someone types in something on their desktop. Can you give an example of pricing? Let's say I wanted to promote Blackman Rackowitz Public Relations via pay-per-click mobile. Yes, it could be as little as 20 cents per click uh, compared to uh, uh, your desktop pay-per-click rate could be a dollar, two dollars. And what would I say? I mean, how would I how would I put an advertisement? You know, Blackman Rakowitz, you know, international public relations. What you know, what would I say for that to well, get people's attention? It's no different than if somebody is sitting at their desktop uh, with the Google page on, and they're deciding what uh, search terms to put in that box. Same, okay. Same mm-hmm. same user interface. Uh, it's and the same t- the same 
page would come up, but the, the ads that come up on the right-hand column, uh, which is the pay-per-click with sponsored ads, uh, would be subject to a lower pricing for the advertiser when when the uh, visitor clicks. Well, then it would make sense that you would recommend to your clients, uh, you know, both of you would recommend to your clients that this is a good way to get out there in the pay-per-click universe. Well, the mobile is not for every business. It's primarily, uh, uh, I think, effective for retail businesses uh, uh, because those uh, the people who are mobile, they're they're in their automobiles, they're walking, and uh, a restaurant, for example, uh, could put could put in a promotion to their visitors, you know, saying you come to happy hour between six and seven, and and uh, you get ten percent off an appetizer. Right, it's I understand that, and I don't know if you're both familiar with the company Access Access Three Sixty, um, but. A man by the name of Juan Atrumba was very revolutionary in this business and um, specializes in mobile and uh, and the retail business, and he started his shop about two, three years ago, and it's doing very, very well. Okay, I'm going to kind of go backwards a little bit for the listeners that don't understand the difference between 1.0 and 2.0, and Renee, I'm going to turn that over to you for the basic terminology. Well, basically what we're seeing is that uh, when the when the websites started coming together, uh, they were really much more of uh, a yellow page type ad. Uh, they eventually became more corporate brochures. So they were very top-down, uh, flat, one-way communication device. And what we're seeing in a 2.0 world, which involves uh, blogs, social networking, and wikis, is that we're having um, very dynamic interactions. And so websites that were once flat um, are becoming two-way, bottom-up conversation. Uh, so we're having more sophisticated conversations uh, versus just having billboards. Okay, so 1.0 is just flat. In other words, a billboard would be 1.0? Correct. Okay, um... An advertisement on television, perhaps, would be 1.0? Uh, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing the, the billboard analogy to just in a web environment where it's just something that you would sort of see and, and, and maybe get a little bit of information on how to contact and find out more. Oh, so you're um, talking only about on the web, not necessarily outside of the You're talking about web, you know, ad adjacencies and billboards. Correct. Okay. See, my, you have to understand that my listeners don't really... You know, when they when we talk about 1.0 business, they don't understand that that might only be pertinent to the web. <laughs> so we have to get very very basic. Um, you know, so if I if I'm understanding this correctly, does the term 1.0 only does it only pertain to the web environment, or is it also offline? Well, web one, well, web one would be the specific part that, that that relates to the 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 internet and what's going on in cyberspace. But one point is, is is just a a way of saying the first rollout, the first wave. So a two point is the next generation. A three point would be the generation after that. So in the different uh, areas, there there are different evolutions. So most things would have a one point um, and when they evolve and become more sophisticated. Uh, and noticeable changes in the environment have taken place, then a 2.0 is usually uh, designated. Got it. Okay, so now that we have that definition clear, I'm going to ask Mark, 
um, how has Web 2.0 changed the way that you service your clients? That's a good question. It changes from minute to minute almost. That's how fast the technology is changing. And uh, the way I use uh, an analogy between 1.0 and 2.0 to add on to Renee's uh, explanations that I tell my clients, like, 1.0 is like going to a movie theater. You know, right. you go to a movie theater, you sit there, and you're watching something, and uh, there's no interactivity. And Web 2.0 is like going to Disneyland. All right, now you're going to Disneyland, and you're interacting with the entertainment. There's there's a relationship with the entertainment. There's uh, there's a little more depth and texture to the the communication that's going on between the two. Uh, the way more web, interactive. Web 2. Pardon me. More interactive. Exactly. Now, how Web 2.0 has changed the way I service my clients is that the old one of the old strat well the current strategy too, but the way we approached it not too long ago, was search engine optimization. Uh, uh, before Web 2.0, most of the work that was done was what we call on-site, which focused on, on components such as meta tags, which is a technical term, uh, content, internal links, uh, making sure that when Google's spiders uh, come to the site to uh, scour the, the content, that it found everything. Well, with with Web 2.0, we, we approach search engine optimization a little bit different. We not only focus on the on-site component, but it's the off-site component that is much more uh, important now, and that is in the form of blogs, inbound links, which are kind of like a, a, a popularity contest where other websites think your site is, is uh, authoritative enough where they want to link to it. Google loves inbound links, video content, social networking that that, that Renee uh, is an expert in, uh, article marketing, press releases, uh, all these off-site components are so important now in order to get your uh, websites ranked higher in the search engine results page. All right. On that note, Renee, I want to ask you a very important question. With that said, and knowing how social networking um, works, and seeing that there's a lot of business going on in social networking, did business become personal? I truly believe it is evolving that uh, into that direction. Uh, we're seeing uh, not just a corporation such as Zappos talking to the general consumer. We have Zappos represented on Twitter engaging the environment um, of, of consumers uh, directly. So we're seeing a big shift uh, from B2B to peer-to-peer, uh, and and that makes some people uncomfortable because change is, is not always easy. Um, but for those that have been um, ready for something new and looking to level the playing field, it's a tremendous opportunity. No, it, it certainly is, and I'm, I'm sure that both of you teach your clients how to make business personal in a way that it's not offensive in your face or looks terribly commercial. Oh, yes. I mean, one of the things that um, I really impress upon the people that, that I work with uh, is that you have to figure out um, really your, your identity and your goals. Um, so one of the things that I uh, have people consider as they put together their social media uh, policies and procedures as well as their plan is to, you know, figure out, um, it's the eight P's as I refer to it, your persona, your privacy, your postings, your placements, your plan, police yourself, the people in your network, 
and whether or not your your price, if you're going to pay for it. Um, because I think a lot of people go in there and they make some major mistakes um, by not understanding that they were in a business community and they got a little bit too personal or they were in a personal community and they got a little bit too um, too business, too salesy. Um, so you really have to uh, observe the environments, I suggest, before you jump in and start contributing because each community um, has its own niche and its own way of relating and communicating. And if you're over the top one way or the other, uh, you're called out right away. I can um, see that. I can see that. I, we have to take a commercial break soon. I want to make one comment, and then we have three more segments to go through, so you guys are going to have a lot of air time. But um, I'm noticing that there seems to be a business shift from LinkedIn to Facebook, and that only happened very, very recently. Um, at first, all my contacts, business contacts, were on LinkedIn. Now, they're like kind of not even on LinkedIn anymore, and they all moved to Facebook, and there's a lot of business going on on Facebook. It's in a very irreverent manner, um, you know, but every day when people do a status update, it's really doing business. It's, a, it's really, really amazing to me, and we could talk more about that in... You know, I would like to hear from Renee and Mark both on if they're seeing a shift between LinkedIn and um, Facebook and whether, and then we'll talk about integration like Twitter and all of that other stuff that's going on. You could help me define it. Talk a little bit about SEO and SCM. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Stand by for Renee Barrett and Mark Levin, and we'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment.com. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, 
and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. I gotta give kudos to Ruben Colombe, the greatest engineer in the world, who's doing six shows simultaneously at once and keeps everything on time. Just wanted to throw that out there. We're back with Renee Barrett, awareness, action, accountability, A cubed, as I called it, right, Renee? And uh, Mark. <laughs> yes, that's one way. <laughs> yes, and, and Mark Levin. And I want to thank you both, Internet Marketing Management. Um, okay, so we talked about the fact that I wanted to get into. Integration. I mean, you know, we left off talking about Facebook and LinkedIn. And, Renee, I, I'd like to hear what you're seeing in terms of this sea change where more business people seem to be going to Facebook. Maybe they always were, but a lot of us didn't know it. Tell us about that. Well, I think it has to do with the evolution of the sites. I mean, Facebook itself wasn't available to the average user uh, until, I don't know, uh, four Four, years, four or five years ago, uh, because it did start out as a way for college communities to know who was on campus and have those Facebooks that were often given to, to people to, similar to a yearbook, to figure out and identify who was uh, among their peers. And so it really was exclusive to uh, colleges, and that evolved to multiple colleges and uh, became very prevalent among uh college students, and eventually as those students were graduating out of the environment, uh, they started taking a look at what they had really built and deciding that we really need to open this up and, and compete uh, more directly with MySpace, essentially. Uh, and so what I think what was going on prior to that opening the floodgates was that most people were able to keep very clear separation of personal and professional lives. If you were on LinkedIn, it was very resume formal, uh, particular business voice. And if you were on Facebook, or if you were on MySpace, it was, you know, after hours, weekends, old friends, really casual conversation with existing, comfortable, uh, intimate relationships, people that had known you for years. Uh, and such. And I think what happened is that when Facebook became accessible to the public, uh, in addition to that, uh, having the applications factor, it really opened the playing field. And it got very murky for people to figure out this is my professional me and this is my personal me. And I think what's going on in Facebook is the lines are blurring. Um, and people are discovering that at the end of the day, business is personal because we do business with those that we know, like, and trust. And that ambient awareness of the status updates, whether they're everything from just got, you know, 12 inches of snow or posted a blog, is making us feel closer uh, and more uh, aware of the people around us, which is, is, is leading to business. I, I'm, the thing that's blowing me away, and you guys both know that I've been in the public relations business for a long time, is that I have 
about, you know, half of the people on my Facebook are reporters. They're journalists who I've dealt with over, you know, the last, you know, five to 30 years, okay? And I I really want to compliment and commend the people who are my age who are doing it so well. Stuart Elliott is the advertising columnist for the New York Times, and I know him forever. Um, We've broken bread together back in the days that I was in New York, and he is just hilarious with it. Um, Everybody knows that he's a New York Times reporter, but, you know, that's not what the Facebook communication is all about. He'll make news commentary that's hysterical. For example, with the shoe-throwing incident at Bush, which everybody knows, about, um, being that I have journalists, I mean, the things that they were saying, the commentary they were adding was just so funny. I mean, again, Stuart's the advertising columnist, and he's like, that was a really good shoe, like, really good show, you know. And, I mean, (laughs) then just people comment back, and that gives a really savvy and connected public relations person the opportunity to comment with them and talk with them every day, even though I'm 3,000 miles away. Now, they won't allow every public relations person they won't accept every PR person to be a friend. You know, um, you, I think that you have to have the relationship first for people of that caliber. Um, but I, all of my press relations strategies, which is, you know, a little, you know, um, specialized, I understand, have shifted now to, from LinkedIn to Facebook. And nobody uses MySpace. I mean, you know, MySpace is hilarious because... I call it my Playmate photo diary because of my Playboy days. And every Playmate is on, you know, MySpace. But nobody else, nobody else, friends, my family, yeah. But it's almost like nobody in my universe is using MySpace anymore. Can you comment on that, both of you? Uh, yeah, I'll take that one. Uh, I think that, you know, what what tends to happen is, um, you know, we've seen this with uh, video and even the web um, specifically, is that the adult entertainment world sort of latches on to these new things because they're the least resistant to change. They're willing to try something new. Um, and so they sort of lead the way. And it becomes a little bit more mainstream, and people sort of figure out how to take and adopt those technologies to doing business. And I think that, that MySpace was a great playground for figuring out that you can be digitally connected to someone and that the relationship can grow. Um, but the problem was is that environment had sort of the lowest common denominator, um, and it wasn't as functional as business needed to be. So I think a lot of people said, okay, this is going to be just a really intimate, not mainstream uh, environment and jump to the next platform, and that was Facebook um, because it wasn't as left brain, right brain uh, as, as, as LinkedIn being very analytical, very left brain, and MySpeak be, being very uh, right brain, creative, uh, with little to no structure. And I think that Facebook is offering sort of a hybrid to that because of the applications. Uh, so I think Facebook is sort of graduation. No, I, I think it is, and my prediction is this is my personal prediction. I don't. I think Rupert Murdoch is obviously a very smart, prophetic businessman, and my prediction is is that he's getting ready to sell MySpace. I I just you don't News Corp and you know Rupert Murdoch doesn't make an investment like that. Watch these kinds of things happen dormantly. <laughs> so um, I I think that. 
integration is going to be, you know, a very, very important part of what happens with the social networking pages in the next three years. But I'm going to jump around a little bit, go back to business, and I'm going to ask Mark some of the biggest mistakes companies make when they commit to building Internet strategy. Well, mistakes is... Uh, there's so many mistakes that can be made, and that uh, is... Uh, one of the ways we help our clients is to, to get in front of their website going live and, and do some web strategy. And one of the things that most companies fail to do is come up with a, a, a value proposition that can be clearly communicated and understood within the first 10 seconds a, vi- a visitor hits the site because that is what we have to work with. got 10 seconds uh, to capture the, someone's attention and get them engaged. Otherwise, they're clicking the back button and they're going on to the next site. And uh, one of the leading uh, research houses is called Marketing Sherpa, and their mantra is that you know, clarity trumps persuasion. And that means that, that communication in the first 10 seconds needs to be very benefit-focused and not feature-focused because it's got to be what's in it for me. You know, the visitor's got to find out and determine it and, and clearly understand what's in it for them to stay on that site in 10 seconds, otherwise they're gone. Uh, and that's that's a that's a uh, very few companies spend enough time. I'm not talking about just small companies. I'm talking about Fortune 500 companies also fail to to give this enough attention. And then another thing that the companies fail to do is to continually test and modify their site. They have to realize that a, a website is is constantly evolving. It's not you just don't do it and leave it and it and it uh, uh, is going to meet your needs. It's it's something that's a living part of their business, and they've got to continually test and modify their sites towards maximizing conversion because that's what it's all about is getting someone to uh, put down their credit card or leave their email address signing up when they sign up for a newsletter or calling, if it's a retail store, calling the store you know, uh, to get request a quote or more information. Uh, the purpose of a website is to get somebody to do something uh, and interact with that site. I think that's very, very well said, and um, I hope that my partner, Diane Blackman, listens to this show and takes copious notes, because what I had to explain to her as we were developing our Blackman Rackowitz Public Relations website was that a website is not a Monet painting. It's not static. It has to be alive and taken care of like a child. Would that be a good analogy? Excellent analogy. I said, you know, you don't put it up there, admire it like a painting in La Louvre, (laughs) <laughs> it's got to be alive, it's got to be fed, it's got to be burped, but it's got to be but held. Before, <laughs> but before you, you do all those things, first you have to decide that you want to be a parent, right, and what kind of parent you want to be. Uh, you have to decide what the purpose of your website is, what, what is your goal for the website. And oh, once you identify your goal, and that, you know, that kind of speaks to the value proposition also, uh, Value proposition is speaking to your visitor. The goal is speaking to your business, uh, and your objectives are speaking to your business. Uh, you have to know what the purpose is, and if and none of us, I don't get it right every time for my clients. I don't get it. You know, that's that's what makes the web so uh, uh, seductive is that you can change it so easily and quickly uh, and get result and, and 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 measure the results almost instantaneously as to whether you're in the right you're going in the right direction. 
No, that's exactly right. We have to take another commercial break in a few seconds. And um, are you guys having a good time on the show? Oh, definitely. Oh, man, I, I live for this. Oh, good, good. Well, Renee, where are you that you're, like, kind of bogged down in snow? I am in Hysteria, California, uh, with family and friends for the holiday, and we got, I'd say, over a foot of snow in the uh, last 24 hours. Uh, are you skiing? <laughs> uh, we're snowed in. Oh, okay. Well, listen, I, I, that sounds marvelous. At least you're not limited because you are a 2.0 expert, and you could still communicate to the world if your Internet is working. So, listen, we're going to take a quick break and more of this with Mark Levin and Renee Barrett in a couple of seconds. Stand by. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back and we're talking about 
business and social networking and business 2.0 and business 3.0 and business 1.0, and we have the experts on the air. We have Renee Barrett from Awareness, Action, and Accountability, and we have Mark Levin from Internet Marketing Management. And I think that this is a very interactive, fun conversation, and we we ended the last segment talking about web development a little bit, Mark, I think. Um, you know, we I use the parent um, baby analogy, and um, I'd like to hear more from you. And, you know, one of the things that is also interesting is patience of your clients. A lot of people who aren't accustomed to working in a web development area might not understand that there's experimentation because they're so used to things being linear, particularly a Harvard MBA who, you know, got it 20 years ago and just these businesses, sort of an Excel program. So, do you get frustrated sometimes when you try to explain the um, the testing nature of a website in the web development phase? Well, actually, uh, no. They they are thirsty for it because in their traditional forms of advertising, where it'd be newspaper, radio, TV, magazine, uh, the one thing that they experienced that I also experienced in in, in my previous careers was that. The 50% of my advertising was wasted. I just didn't know what 50%. And uh, uh, with Internet marketing, you have the information available uh, in the form of uh, uh, metrics, analytic information that's available through uh, Google. Google provides a wealth of information that helps measure. Uh, so, no, the, the patience the isn't really a challenge because advertising and marketing has always been a patience game. Uh, but with uh, the information available on the internet. Uh, now we can back it up with 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 hard data to help give us some actionable insight into what's working and what's not working. Well, you're lucky to have experienced 100 percent of patient clients because it hasn't been the same for me. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say uh, well patients in the sense of uh, understanding, but as far as getting results, I kind of make the analogy uh, to building a home or doing a, a major remodel is that uh, a lot of the work is done up front. Uh, you got to make all your decisions and make all your deci- uh, identify your goals and what you want your, your house to look like before the contractor you know, breaks ground. Otherwise, the, the project is going to be extended because the, uh, the process of developing a web strategy is linear uh, and it needs to be done in a, in a systematic manner. So uh, we try to impress upon our clients to, to, to think about what they want the website to look like and what they want the website to accomplish, and and then we are able to measure. So, yeah, the results, everyone wants immediate results, but we got to make sure that they re- remember that uh, advertising and marketing on the web is no different than off, offline uh, in terms of the tactics and objectives. We're just using digital communication means rather than printed or broadcast. Uh, well, I think that's true, but the thing that is there, the strategy might be the same, but the difference is, is in the speed and the interactivity. You know, if I'm planning, uh, you know, an advertising strategy for print, um, you know, you, you do the strategy, you look at the demos, you make a reasonable investment that you're reaching, you know, invest, investment and decision that you're reaching the audience that you need to reach to sell your product or advertise whatever you're advertising, and then you're hoping you get ROI based on that static decision. Now, I'm talking offline. I'm talking 
you know, TV ad buys. I'm talking, you know, outdoor advertising. I'm talking radio advertising and um, print advertising, magazines, newspapers. So you hope that the creative plus the buy brings you ROI, okay? In, in, in the world of online, if it's not buying you the ROI, you could change it very, very quickly. Am I right? Correct. So, therefore, it's a much more reasonable, I think, um, investment for those that get frustrated because the results aren't taking place and you're stuck, you know, in a monthly magazine with an ad that's not working. That's absolutely correct. So, um, you know, I, you know, what, so the, the question that I have, and this goes to one of the questions that Renee and I had discussed, let's talk a little bit about SEO and SEM, okay? Um, let's talk about how SEO can supplement and work in tandem with pay-per-click online advertising, and let's begin by just defining SEO. And, Mark, you could start with that. Okay. Well, uh, the most common uh, distinction between SEO and SEM is that SEO is, uh, the goal of SEO is getting an organic listing. So when someone puts in a search phrase in, in Google's, what they call the Google box of intention, that when the search results page come up, the, the listings down the body of the page are called the organic listings, and they're frequently called referred to as free, which nothing is free. It doesn't; it's not free to get listed there. Uh, in contrast to SEM, which is pay per click, which is uh, along the right column, along the top, uh, advertisers pay for those positions. So, SEO is something that requires patience. That's a good example of where patience comes into place because an SEO campaign. It can take maybe six to nine months uh, to get your clients ranked up on the first page and, and ultimately high up on the first page. Uh, it takes a while for Google to find the content and, and index your site. But with the uh, growing importance of social media advertising, uh, we're finding that we can get ranking much quicker depending upon the niche our clients are in and how much competition they have online. But with search engine marketing or pay-per-click, you can get immediate presence on the first page. You just have to pay enough for it. Uh, so you can immediately get uh, traffic to your site using pay-per-click advertising. And what we use pay-per-click advertising for in many cases is not only the immediate traffic, but we start learning which keywords that we're bidding on are, are converting. And it gives us a, a, a much quicker uh, data to determine which keywords we want to bid on and, and because we only want to bid on keywords that are going to uh, result in a conversion uh, because pay-per-click can be very expensive if you get people clicking to your site and then they leave right away because you don't have anything that meets their, their needs. So they work in tandem and the way, the way we usually transition is that we start pay-per-click and start getting information that we then apply to our search engine optimization strategy and by finding the keywords that work and then building content on the site surrounding those keywords uh, so that when people search for what we have to offer, then our clients will hopefully climb the, the rankings. Well, I think that goes to your point before, and I, we didn't really have a chance to flesh it out, and that is because the ultimate goal of a website is to have people come and buy, 
I mean, you know, you would think buy in whatever form that might be. Um, you got to really develop the website in a way that it's amenable to that. So I would imagine you come across clients sometimes, Mark, where, you know, they have this website that just was not designed to be interactive. So you got to kind of rebuild it so that it can, you know, attract people to yep. the site, attract spiders to the site. Um, and I'm sure that you see a lot of sites when you come into the game that really has not been built or conducive to that. Yes, that, that's correct. Most of the sites that we see were built five years ago, and they're like the sites that Renee was describing. They're flat brochure sites. So that's in, indeed true. And and what we what we try to communicate to our clients is that they got to realize that Google has one and only one objective, and that is to deliver relevant, valuable content to their customers. And who is Google's customers? It's the people who put their one word or, or a string of words into that box on the Google homepage. Google's only main objective is to deliver quality content to them. That's all they want to do. That's their algorithms are meant to uh, result in that uh, value to the searcher. So what is it that Google values? They tell you, you know, very clearly they value content, all right? Content is king, and the only way Google is going to be able to service their clients is to be able to scour the universe of websites uh, and looking at the content to determine whether that is relevant to that three-word phrase that someone puts in that box. It's quite amazing that within a, a millisecond, Google can, can do that. Uh, and, and 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 give results that quickly, but Google is is trying to honor their relationship and 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 the trust that people put into them when they put that search phrase that they're going to get they're not going to get garbage back. Well, and I think that's also um, a, a good way to jump into another comparison between search engine optimization SEO and search engine marketing SEM is that. Um, you know, when when you do a, a quote unquote Google search, what you're getting is the search engine optimization content uh, directly below you, and then uh, the frame is is the the marketing uh, pay per click. And uh, one of the, the things that's an opportunity is, uh, you know, Google can help people find a coach who specializes in change management, and that's one thing. Um, but somebody who's had a website for a number of years and been attracting those keywords in the spiders is going to come up high, uh, very high organically. Um, so one of the things to, to consider is um, how can you, outside of keywords, how can you brand yourself and control your reputation? Uh, and that's where uh, having having a very strong reputation management and being very involved on publicly searchable sites um, is valuable. LinkedIn is, for example, my name, Renee Barrett, uh, is also the name of one of the uh, casualties of the World Trade Center. So for a number of years, my name itself wouldn't come up on a Google return, um, or organic one. Uh, however, when I took my LinkedIn profile and made it public because of how highly recognized LinkedIn is, I shot up to the first page. Well, there you go. Listen, I, I'm not meaning to cut you off. We have one more commercial break to get through, and we can revisit this in the next segment. You guys are doing great. Um, please stand by, and in the next segment, we'll talk a little bit more 
about um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Renee and Mark. And bye. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Listen up. Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live, and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Hahn, founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others. Kim wants to share her experiences to educate and empower women. Conceive On Air is the only complete resource destination that inspires and informs future moms about their fertility on the journey to parenthood. Conceive On Air with Kim Hahn, celebrating the creation of families. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. That's Blackman Rakowitz Public Relations. Rack and Roll is the parent company. Um, I want to go back to what Renee Barrett was talking about in the last segment because it's important and I had to sort of wrap up for the commercial break. But, Renee, you mentioned that, you know, there was a Renee Barrett that was um, 
in the news because of the devastation of the World Trade Center. Um, and I wanted to go back and ask you exactly what some of the things that you had to do to make sure that you were the more recognized Renee Barrett. Well, uh you know, it, it wasn't a conscious effort uh, to to move that up. It was just more of a, a, a vanity uh, years ago of, of kind of why am I not returning uh, as a re- as a result. Um, and it was a simple for me. It was a simple switching the button on my LinkedIn profile from keeping it in what we call a walled garden, where just those that have been invited to your community are allowed to see that information. And when I opened the gates to my wall garden and let my profile go to the, the spiders, um, there was more teeth behind a LinkedIn address than some of these uh, reporters who had initially uh, had stories or some of these boards that had had communication. And so I appeared to Google to be the more relevant um, search return. Uh, so that was really one of the first steps. And the second was putting together uh, a website. Um, I'm still a very web point. Uh, my website is still very 1.0, uh, mostly because I spend so much time in the social communities that I, I let those be my more dynamic presence. Um, so doing as many things as I could to contribute to the conversation online also did uh, change my results. Uh, when I see a newsworthy article, uh, I comment, and I comment with all of the returns uh, as much as my own personal brand that I want to return. I try to throw those keywords into it in an organic way. Um, I also frequently contribute to uh, a blog, which puts my name out there in a way that Google recognizes organically as appropriate. So all these little things of, of contributing to the conversations, collaborating, and being connected have changed my organic results. I know, and I think that's very important. I'm going to continue, Renee, um, to talk to you about the area that you seem to be you know, very, very um, knowledgeable in, and that is using social networking to increase people's business. I know that you grew up in the law and marketing er- arena, um, I want to ask you in the most simplistic form. You know, if I let's just use law, even though I'm not. I know that you're not just limited to law. Let's say a law firm hires you, okay, um, and they're hiring you because they want to increase their business. But you know, it's a law firm that never even ever envisioned that social networking would be a, a way to reach out to the right people and increase business. I don't want you to give away your trade secrets per se, but you know, give us a generality of how you would approach that. Well, first, I would I would congratulate them for coming to the Web 2.0 party because uh, that's really what it is. And a lot of what's going on is uh, we've just moved the location of where business is getting done. Um, we haven't changed uh, the techniques. So, just if you go to a networker, uh, a networking event. Your goal is, you know, to have an idea of who's coming to dinner, who's going to be at that party, uh, to do a little due diligence on them. And then when you get to the party, you don't want to stand in the corner by the punch bowl. You really want to bump and float and work the room. You want to be able to cover as many conversations as possible um, and realistic. I mean, you don't want to goal yourself for meeting and shaking every person's hand in the room, um, but taking a look at those three people that when you took a look at who was coming, making sure that you're having conversations with them. 
that's really no different um, in an online world. Uh, we just have to kind of figure out what's the must-have party invite. You know, is for a while LinkedIn was where all the Q&As were going on, and a lot of people were, were having some serious conversations. Um, as we've mentioned, there's been a shift in increasing traffic to Facebook. Uh, so you really have to think about who's invited to your party, which party you want to be at. Um, so a, a place where I start because... Attorneys are so familiar with their CVs, with their bios. LinkedIn is a safe place to get them working and to help them understand that we're going to, in addition to the law firm's website, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have some very robust, searchable profiles on you. And we're going to also soften your edge. We're not going to make you, you know, this, this bulldog litigator. We're going to soften you up with the fact that you like cycling, that you uh, donate to a charity, and we're going to put some of those things out there. And we're going to give a more 360 view of who you are uh, instead of just this 90 degrees, you know, uh, all business and intense. So, so helping them come up with their own personal brand of who are we, you know, as a law firm, what do we want to be identified as? And I think that a very powerful thing to do is to figure out a, a niche that you can own and then work it. I think that the party um, analogy is a very, very good one because those that are only familiar, familiar with 1.0 business or offline business, let's say, you know, they don't understand. If you, if you compare it to an event, a party, um, where you would in- attract um, potential customers even though you don't say that online, um, it's wonderful. You're hosting a party. It's um, it's a business event, and you don't even have to pay for the food. No, you don't have to get stuck with a rubber chicken dinner either. <laughs> I know, or you don't have to worry about people getting drunk and deal with those liabilities. So I, I you know, I think that is really excellent. That's very, very well said, um, Mark. Since we're coming to the end of the show, is there anything that you want to add, you know, for internet marketing management to this whole conversation? Since we're wrapping it up. Yeah, it, it, the party analogy is fantastic, and, and I think I have an analogy that kind of uh, applies to the business side, and that is, you know, we're we're trying to create a lead and sales generation engine for our clients rather than just a digital brochure. So, uh, you know, the the purpose of a website is to to drive revenue, and uh, and that includes, you know, basic four elements. You know, you got to have traffic to your website, you got people coming into your doors. You have to have a system in place that's going to convert the, those visitors into a cha-ching, you know, so the cash register is rung. And then you got to you got to maintain a relationship with them and retain and grow that relationship uh, to keep them coming back uh, again and again. And then uh, keep measuring and modifying, you know, for future success. I think you know, I think that you were both really excellent guests. I told you both that the show goes really fast. I, I say that to everybody, and they never believe me. Um, you know, a couple of discussion points, and we make a one-hour show. Um, the show will be available as soon as this afternoon on www.brpublicrelations.com, or you could go into www.voiceamerica.com, and I told you both that you're welcome to download the podcast and use it for whatever purposes you'd like. I hope that it helps you in some of your own marketing, and um, I know that you guys certainly know how to use it. I want to wish you both a really happy holiday. And, Renee, I hope that you're not in captivity too long. <laughs> um, Thank you. And, it was wonderful speaking with you today. 
And uh, listen, we'll we'll do some more business next year. And again, thank you for a very very um, informational show. You're both really great 2.0 experts, and I appreciate your time. Our okay? pleasure. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you. Happy New Year. Take care. <laughs>